0: Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your unofficial guide to everything on independentwreckling.tv. I'm Jared Jayhawk-Hawkins, along with Charlie Butter. Uh, Charlie, before we get started this week, I, I want to get wanna get the, the bad stuff out of the way. Uh, independent Wrestling King lost Steve Fish earlier this week, who had wrestled at a TV Edward throughout much of Northeast Ohio. Uh, he had some complications from COVID-19. I'm going to kind of leave it at that. But yeah, he'd been in the hospital for quite some time, passed away earlier this week. Uh, the tribute that have been coming out from people both inside and outside of wrestling for him all week long have been just completely fantastic. A lot of people sharing some great memories. The uh, thing I remember most about him, he's just a, a funny dude. Like, he would, he, yeah, he would crack jokes in the, in the locker room all the time. Uh, more than one got the shamrock back in the day. We'd be there an hour or two hours after the show, but he'd be cutting a promo at the end of the show and wouldn't stop talking. We just keep ad libbing and keeping keep people laughing. So uh I don't know if you have anything you wanna add. I don't know how familiar I know you've keen him. A, I know you've keen him a handful of times, but I don't know how familiar you are with him.
1: Yeah, I never got the pleasure to, to speak with him um after a show or anything, but I did see him around a bunch of times, uh, specifically at the Shamrock shows, so um I was pretty sure that's, uh, I, I definitely remembered it when I saw the picture and everything and I just, uh, it really sucks. It's, uh, it's a sobering reminder that just because, you know, it's, we're supposed to be ending quarantine and all this stuff and getting back to normal. It's just not normal. It's not going to be normal for a while. Like there's real, uh, real things still happening with this, uh, virus.
0: All right, with that, we're going to take a brief moment of silence in memory of D. Fish, a.k.a. D.B. Edwards. All right, let's try to lighten up the mood a little bit here and do what we're here to do, and that's the TV. And on that front, Charlie, I know you've got something to to, you want to go over this week, so well, yeah, take it away
1: big news for deathmatch ghouls freedoms is coming to iwtv uh, starting june 1st they're going to have 15 plus events from 2019 on the service and uh, if, if you're unfamiliar with freedoms they're a deathmatch uh promotion from japan and uh there you have legends june kasai masashi takeda plus takashi sazaki toro Segura, cyclope and Mieto, Extremo, and more. So, starting June 1st, you'll be able to view uh, 15 or more events of theirs. Uh, I'm kind of excited for that. We will definitely be doing a uh, show on them to see what they're all about.
0: Yeah, so if you're into, into your Japanese deathmatching, we've got that coming up for you. we got some Ameri- we got some American death matches to go over a little bit later on here today with our review. Uh, i'm I'm kind of interested in the in freedom i've not seen anything of there and obviously i've i've heard of them obviously so it's definitely gonna be interesting when we do that review here in a few weeks
1: yeah um i think that's actually the first review we're gonna do in june so we're gonna get that jump right on that and uh and watch one of their shows and man i i used to have the stomach for the deathmatch stuff i used to be a uh, ghoul as they call it on the uh indie scene but uh, lately, I really haven't been that way, but the show we're going to review today uh, had some ghoul shit in it, and uh, it was real fun. I-, I took me back to a time when I was very first getting into independent wrestling, and I, I miss that, and I, I miss some of the people that were on the show, and uh, a lot of the people that are in that show no longer with us. There's There's one guy who is a huge name now from that show, and... I think he's really i want to say probably the only real big name still wrestling from that show so
0: there's a few that are that are still working i think i know the the specific one you're talking about but there are a few that are still working oh you
1: know yeah you're right because I, I was thinking uh just specifically from czw but uh there was a couple names that were just starting to make their uh well, not even just starting. They were they were names then. They're still names now. Uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, there's there's a handful of talent, but there's there's a lot of guys that are no longer uh, around, and it's pretty crazy to think about uh, back then that a lot of them guys wouldn't be here in 2020.
0: Especially because most of the guys that we're going to be talking about were really young guys at the point, too. Like, there really aren't a lot of veteran guys that would have been veteran names at the time on this show either.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, there's one or two, but a lot of them were were very young in their career when this show took place.
0: All right. We want to go to get into it?
1: Let's get into it.
0: All right, so this is Combat Zone Wrestling Cage of Death Five defended from December of two thousand three at the ECW Arena in South Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Recognize that freaking building anywhere, dude? Like, I, 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 like, like, without even it to Philadelphia, I hit play. Went, ah, oh, the ECW Arena. Cool.
1: Yep. Yeah, they were there for a good chunk of the the two thousands and. Obviously, you know, the athletic commission and stuff was a thing back then, so that kind of, there was all kinds of dirty stuff that happened, uh, got them kicked out of there, they moved to New Jersey, and all kinds of craziness that happened with that. I don't know the exact details to all of it, but lots of craziness.
0: Um, I mean, just based on DTW's reputation, people are probably going to think it's kind of a tame show, but a lot of it was the Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission. They yeah, had to because... keep things tame to a point
1: yeah in the the pa athletic commission you couldn't use uh panes of glass anymore you couldn't use fire you couldn't use barbed wire uh you couldn't use light tubes so they were very limited on what they could use thumbtacks were okay um i think there's a cactus in the main event uh so uh, tables were okay but like ladders were okay yeah there was none of the none of the actual real deathmatch stuff that uh, you see every day now was considered okay at the time. So I think a staple gun's even used. So that was all right. But yeah, you couldn't do glass, you couldn't do fire, you couldn't do barbed wire. So they had to do their show. Like, Tournament of Death took place in, like, Delaware or uh, New Jersey, where those athletic commissions didn't uh, regulate as hard on that kind of stuff. So
0: yeah. We're supposed uh, like to have intentional blood, although... Let's let be honest here. That's going to happen anyway.
1: But Yeah, I definitely saw some uh, some blading happening.
0: Okay. Show begin with a three-way tag team match. Cody Campbell and John Dahmer against DJ Hyde and Jamie Samuel against Jude and Niall Young. A pretty standard three-way match here. Uh, we did get some deacon wrestling at the beginning before it started to break down into what you would normally expect. Uh, we had him fighting on the floor like the 10 into the show because of Kinky W and the Expect that kind of thing. Dahmer pinned Samuel with a top rope pile driver to to get the win. Pretty solid opening matchup.
1: Uh, I just loved how it was such a uh, early 2000s show because there was pleather all over that ring and uh, like <laughs> two of the two of the people came out to Lincoln Park. So <laughs> it was a very 2000s indie opening match.
0: Okay, second match. Okay, four way match. Shun, the Kabuki Kid, Virgin GQ, versus Christian Wolf, Virgin Rick Feinberg.
1: And the only one that seemed like he knew what the hell he was doing was the Kabuki Kid.
0: Yeah. And GQ had been around for a while, but I recognized the name, but that, that was literally the only name I recognized out of this. A uh, kid at one point did get a... Uh, kind of a Moodle lock in, but he let it go to go for a pin. I thought that was kind of stupid. Like, you got the fucking Moodle lock on, keep it on. Uh, GQ came in without a tag and started doing a bunch of shit before all the kind of legal man mattered again. But <laughs> at the end of it was kabuki kid getting the pin over gq with a cannonball kenton uh, this, uh, this again was uh, a guy from what i kind of picked on there with yeah, you know this was fine but this is the issue i start to have with the show already here because you know i'm not a big fan of the multi-man multi-team magic anyway we've opened with two straight and we've got more to come
1: well they gotta get all the names on the card baby
0: Working twice, they got guys working the undercard and the main event. You couldn't cut, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, turn one of the four-way into a single.
1: It's the biggest show of the year, man. It's like WrestleMania to them. Cage of Death is their WrestleMania. So, we go in five hours. We're going five hours.
0: Okay, because from there we go to another three-way match. <laughs> Dirty rotten scoundrel! Burke and Rebel Army versus Nick Burke and Giar. Uh, number one contendership for the Combat Zone Wrestling World Tag Team Championship. I forgot Rock and Rebel was still wrestling at, at around this time. He had been yeah. around the Philadelphia King for freaking ever at this point. Yeah. Uh, another guy who should probably get Ben Watt out of existence based on how his life ended. I'll leave it at that. For those who don't know the story, you can look it up. Uh, This kid, basically, it kind of turned into like a four-on-two match. They've got, yeah, they're kind of double-teaming Burke and Hebar. Burke is in the ring the majority of the matchup at this point. One of my favorite hot tag spots ever. Hebar comes in the ring, hip tosses with Burke into the corner, so he can make the hot tag. That's an old Rock and roll front style move. Like, I love that hot tag spot, and no one does that. That was perfectly Hmm. fine. We do get uh Rebel army getting the win when bar pinned. Yeah,
1: now listen, the Rock and Rebel and his army came out to Lincoln Park. So please ex- someone <laughs> <laughs> <I>, somebody, somebody <laughs> needs to explain the logic to me of this cuz it's just I was like, okay, like an 80s rock song would make sense for Rebel's army. But like Lincoln Park and Rebels Army don't go together to me. Like,
0: <laughs> <it> just
1: <laughs> I said, man, this is very early two thousands, dude. Like, lots of pleather, lots of like shindy wrestling holds, and then like you get a few things here and there that like you picked up on. Like I never picked up on that that uh, hot tag spot. Like you've seen it before, so you you knew with it where it came from, but. It was lost on me. Uh, and uh, <laughs> just the choice of music and stuff. Like, I, I I did think the match was bad, but it just, the things that stood out to me in the open, like the first half of this show was like the music for a lot of it.
0: Okay, because we go from that to another fucking three way. Can you tell I'm over the fucking three way at this point? Like, at, 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 if nothing else, do two or three of them and spread them out among the show. Look, like it's the fourth match of the fucking show. We've had now three way, going a four-way. This one is Derek Frazier against Hebian, against Jimmy Jacob with Becky Bayless in Jacob's corner.
1: Oh, Becky Bayless.
0: Oh. I miss Becky Bayless. I liked her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, this the number one contendership for the Kiki W. Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, they're playing an angle with Becky Bailick here where she is either drunk or high or something, and she's kind of staggering around. Uh, real early, Fabian reaching up and grabs Becky's ass, and Jacob's thinking hitting on her, and so he fla- so slapped him. Commentary is supporting Fabian, Well, she was going to fall off the ring apron. I'm like, no, he grabbed her ass. Like, I, Jimmy Jacobs a the good guy here. I don't know what you guys were watching, but... <laughs>
1: Yeah, speaking exactly, of com- one. speaking of commentary, yeah, uh, Eric House or is it uh, John House and Eric Argulo. I think that's their names.
0: I uh, I'll I'll uh, Leo, Leo to your per, uh, pronunciation of Eric Black name, and he did some of the early ROH stuff too, and I couldn't pronounce his name then either.
1: Anyway, them two were always really good together for CZW commentary. Uh, they, they even had like the the yellings like. John House had a uh, uh, where if like something crazy happened, he would yell, call nine one one, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I definitely miss um, hearing hearing them uh, do commentary together. That was one of the things I did enjoy from the uh, like rehearing it now. Was the this commentary team? They were really good.
0: Okay. got some, got some good stuff out of this one. Uh Jacob at one point going for a kind head kicker on Gabian and Frazier just kicked Jacob right in the face to break it up, which I thought was a cool spot. <laughs> uh finish comes. Gabian and Frazier are fighting on the top rope, jogging for position. Jacob hits Gabian with a slight bread, knocked Fraser off the top rope, and gets the pinfall. Go. some good stuff here. I'm just over the three way at this point. Like I said, <laughs> There's only so much you can do with them. And we've gained everything at this
1: point. We knew this match was going to be good because uh, you got Jimmy Jacobs, you got Sabian, you got Derek Frazier. All three guys ended up being uh, pretty decent in the ring. Like Derek Frazier ended up having a real good run in about like I want to say like two or three years after this, uh, where he really uh, stepped up his game and was doing a lot of really good, uh, innovative things. In uh sabian same thing like he's really uh came into his own down the road this is still very early and even jimmy jacobs i mean this is before age of the fall and 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 a lot of his roh stuff and uh, i love this version of jimmy jacobs it it really brought back some uh ewr memories uh with some of these matches like i remember like having these a lot of these guys on my roster and
0: (laughs) This is actually probably my favorite version of Jimmy Jacob. This is where he's still trying to make his name, like he's starting to get a name. He's starting to work RH a little bit. He's working here a little bit. He's doing the barbaric Brewker gimmick. Go so like Hus. Yeah, yeah. Go. So he's, he's doing the John Nord slash Broker Brody type of thing. My brother to this day still calls Jimmy Jacob "funky boot" because this is the gimmick he remembers. <laughs> We go from there, we finally get a singles match and it is for the Iron Man Championship, Tran actor defending against Jimmy Rave. both fall in 20 minute wins. They shave like two and a half minutes off the time, which I, I guess they figure no one would notice because they do not count on me actually like having a running clock on this crap. Yeah <laughs> The the match isn't is really good. and actually't it actually doesn't look like they're going to shave time. For a while there, but they call ten minutes remaining, and about thirty seconds after that, after gets the pinfall with the tumbleweed to get to go up one nothing, and I've got ten thirty-eight on the clock. So, okay. looks like they're doing they're doing the time. We get second fall gets started. Afton is starting to play defense a little bit. All he needs to do is run out the clock. Key Raves starting to get uh, get a little bit of advantage. They call four minutes remaining. Rave gets a cross-facing for commission, tie it up, and I've only got 1430 on the watch, because somehow they've cut like a minute and a half off of the off of the second fall. Okay, whatever. Not a, not a huge deal. We get a series of, uh, series of near fall. Rave getting desperate try to get that pin. Ask able to get a Yukuka kick at the t- at the final time of counting down. The 20 minutes end at 17 minutes and 28 seconds. It could magic could draw, but for some reason the referee decides on his own, we're gonna go five more minutes. And that could initially it's like, fuck you, and then go, oh okay, whatever, let's do the five more minutes. The bell rings, that could go, you know what? If I get counted out, I keep the belt and he starts walking out. Not sure that works that way in an Iron Man match, but okay, whatever for the story. So get gets to the locker room, the referee, then the guy on his go. Well, wait, we're going to change the rule again, and if you get counted out, I am changing the title. So then finally, the match does get back into the ring. They do some great stuff here. This last couple minutes is fantastic. Jimmy Rave ends up getting the getting a running knee to the face for the three count, about three minutes into the five-minute period. This was an okay match. The overtime period turned from an okay match to a really good match. I think.
1: Yeah, I really like uh, turn Acid, and uh, this is going to be a turning point for the Iron Man title because it was more of a hardcore title um, previously, and this was kind of where they took it and started making it more of a uh, a title for like technical wrestling and stuff like that, which I kind of. Uh, Attribute it to like the pure title for ROH, like it's, it's supposed to be kind of be like that idea. because um, previously, like Nick Mondo held it. A, a lot of guys like that, way to be a professional. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, that kind of stuff, so it was very interesting.
0: From there, where you know we get an interview in the back with the High Five faction regarding the Cage of Death main event, a little bit later on, and then we go to another fucking three-way. <laughs> Trick B Boy, and Alex Shelley. Uh, this one, this was the what, probably the best match of the entire show. Well, I'm not yes. going to shit on shit on this too badly, but it is the fifth fucking multi-man match out of a kick out of a kick match so far. It's just way too damn many money Man match.
1: Yeah, this was my uh, favorite match of the show. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this match.
0: Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, I took like almost no note on this one, but it was that good. Like I, I was just going great by what they were by what they were doing. Yep. It was, it was elimination style to determine the number one contender for the Iron Man Championship. B-boy pinned Crick Hero in 15 minutes and 36 seconds with a shining wizard. And then Shelley get the submission victory with the border kitty stretch twenty oh eight total time, really good stuff. If you watch only one match of the show this week, make this one the match you watch. This one fucking great.
1: Yeah, yeah, this was really good, and it made me re- reminded me that I really, really, really need to see B Boy because I've seen the other two wrestle live, and I've never seen B Boy wrestle live, and I need to. That needs to happen when we can get back to to live shows because. <laughs> I need to, to get a picture with him and I need to meet him. So, and see him wrestle live.
0: Yeah, the amazing thing to me is I call Crick Hero live, and I want to say, like 2010 ish. I want to call the Cauliflower Alley show. I think that's the only show I've seen him live in.
1: Now, you've seen him at an AIW show when he first got let go from WWE.
0: I might have come to think of it.
1: He fa- he faced Donst. Yeah. Donst was very sick after the match and puked in a bucket. You and I were ringside. Oh yeah,
0: okay,
1: yeah, I did, I did <laughs> see that one. You're... Yeah, <laughs> that's how I, I, I saw I, I, it. I was, so.
0: I was trying to, I was trying to forget that. I was trying to forget that one because of Don puking in the freaking bucket. But... Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I you're right. I did. I was there for that one. Obviously, Shelley's done AIW quite a bit, even recently. Though. So.
1: Yeah, I've seen yep. Shelly a bunch, and he's had some really great classics with Lee Moriarty, who uh, I think is going to be the next big breakout uh, wrestling guy from the states. I think he's going to be able to go anywhere he wants, and he's going to have a really, really fun, interesting career. Uh, once we get back to normal,
0: yeah, but I'm trying to think. I don't even think. I don't even think I can call Hero in Ring of Honor at least not live, and I went to a lot of Ring of Honor shows back in the day, too. I... Yeah, thinking out loud. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, from there, we find out that this one just ripped off of the DVD release because they show End of Disc 1 on the screen. They couldn't edit that, they couldn't edit that out for some reason, which I just found funny. I don't know why. I,
1: I was more concerned with the fact that it was on there for so long. I was like, Wait, is this just gonna be the like the next hour of the show is just this logo? And they didn't put the rest of the show on it? And then it finally cut to the next match, which was a runner up for, for match of the night. And uh for completely different reasons. This is a fucking car wreck. Uh holy shit. Tell us about
0: it, Jayhawk. All right, go, go. the A ladder match between Joker and Crim Cash. Uh Crick Cash Unfortunately no longer with us. He passed away, I think, a year and a half or so after the show in a motorcycle yeah. accident. Yeah. And they did actually do a memorial show for him for a another year after that with an annual thing.
1: Yeah, it was called Down with the Sickness. Uh because that was the music he came out to. And uh so that was like their tribute show every year. And that was like also kind of like their Young Lions show. It's what it started to be, where they would like bring in a lot of guys that um were young in their career and give them kind of like a try out at that kind of show because it was an afternoon show and then they would have like a regular show in the evening and it was able to help spotlight a lot of the newer up-and-coming guys and if they did well on that they would get a spot on the evening show so um, that was pretty cool um, I'm trying to think what else here yeah the oh, match so, here. So- is- the ladder match, there was nothing hanging above the ring. This was just a pinfall or submission to win the match, but you could just use ladders. Ladders were legal, basically.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a spot a few minutes in where Joker is climbing a ladder to do something, and Cash grabs a small ladder and just hits him in the fake with it, and he ends up taking a bad tumble over the floor to the fall at the back of a cat on the floor on the way down.
1: Yeah, really. that was yeah, it was that was fucking brutal, man. Oh my god, it was so bad.
0: Yeah, yeah To the to the to the credit of this show, with especially with the reputation Geeky W had, this was the first that was the first moment of the show where I went, oh my god, to something. Yeah, and I yeah, and that was just just was a nasty fall. He got up right away. Fall fairly right away. Anyway, like he did, like not, you know, quickly enough that you knew he would go K. But like instead of like trying to go for the pin here, well, let's just get the super guy ladder and cut it up in the, and cut it up like a bridge on the, along the bottom rope. If that exactly what I would do in this situation when a guy's taking a fall like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was there was no uh, psychology to this match. It was just let's what kind of crazy shit can we do with these ladders and just spot fest. The crowd before the main event because they had already seen all these other matches. The show was running long, and they were going to have a big break intermission after this match because they had to get the ring set up. Or no, there was one more match, and then they were going to have to get the ring set up. So, uh, for the main event, so it was going to take a little bit because they had to actually build a second ring. Uh Finish comes
0: with Joker hitting a Joker driver off the tall ladder through a table. (laughs) John How, John How, screaming, call nine one one, which we we mentioned earlier, but it definitely fit here. Fucking, it's great fucking finish too. Like they showed multiple replays of it, and yeah, perfectly, perfectly well protected, landed it perfectly. Uh, That was that was a great fucking finish.
1: Xande came out after and. Gave them big props, and that basically was their uh, coming-out party to this the CZW crowd. Uh, they went on to have uh, so, some success. I know Joker was in the military, so he was gone for a while. He, he got called out to active duty so he was gone and came back and stuff like that uh he was part of blackout for uh, for a minute uh when that group formed and then like you said chris cass unfortunately passed away in a motorcycle accident uh shortly after this so well about a year or so after but uh they had some some decent success though they they became uh very it was very much like uh tommy dreamer taking the cane shots once that happened everybody kind of fell in love with them this was very much the same thing after this match. They just put their bodies on the line for this, did all this crazy shit, and the crowd uh, loved them pretty much after that. So,
0: yeah. From there, we do have to try to calm things down somewhat before the cage of death match. We go to the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Conjay Dutt against Ruckus. Ruckus, the defending champion here. Uh, the One thing I... That I wanted to mention earlier, and it flipped my mind till I, until I saw this match come up. They made a mention during the number one contenders match earlier in the night. Well, Conjay Dutt won the number one contenders match last year, and look where he's at now. And I'm like, he's challenging for the title. He can the Gap Game Bodywork a year ago. You know, that's not a good <laughs> frame of reference.
1: <laughs> that's true. But I missed, this made me miss Sanjay Dutt because. Uh, th- this match was awesome, and I just remember again EWR Sanjay Dot Jimmy Jacobs being some of my guys that I'd have in my cruiserweight division, uh, because I could always get good matches out of them. And this match was was no different. This was awesome. Ruckus was great. Uh, this is a really fun match. Uh,
0: part of part of the reason Sanjay Dot is not remembered as well as like he should be, in my opinion, and most people know him from his TNA slash Impact work. And they waited so damn long to pull the trigger on Konje Duttwin the Activision title that he was kind of getting that Lech Luger underachiever role for a while.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think, and I don't think he ever got past that in a lot of people's eyes. Which is a because, especially at this match show, he was really freaking good. Yeah. A lock a near fog, lock a near fog, lock a cool spot. Uh, Ruckus go for like a draw cradle and Dutch just kind of gets back into it into his own cradle for the win and, and the championship, the title change really good stuff here I think that match would have I think I would have liked this match a lot better if it would have been like somewhere different on the show like in between one of the fucking three-way
1: <laughs> now you gotta stack all the title matches at the end, man, you know
0: but they didn't even do that <laughs> With two title matches on the show, and one of them with three matches ago. Like if that was if that was the end game, I probably would have been okay with it.
1: <laughs> oh. I, All right. I,
0: I, I feel shitty, but like I've never booked a wrestling promotion before. I know there's no one right way to do it, but if you talk to guys that have actually done it, most of them will tell you. You don't book two tag matches in a row. You don't book two money match in a row, and they book five out of c- in a row here. Like I, I like <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. I, I will try. To, I'll try to get off that tangent for the rest of the show. I'm hard.
1: Well, there's not much more you could say because now it's time for Cage of Death and the most contrived Cage of Death rules I've ever heard of, and the silliest rules I've ever seen. And yeah, we kinda of talked about this before we got on the show. Uh this is gonna be even more entertaining to me because you already started to rant before we got on the air, so let's get into it. Cage of death suspended main event.
0: Okay, gonna so it's, it's gonna be kick on kick. Normally this cage of death five on five, they're doing six on kick this year. It's the high five table, Adam Flash, B Boy, Joni Cashmere, Nate Hatred the Messiah, and acted, taking on the team of Ian Knox, Dan Higg, Lobo, Wife Beater, Nick Gage, and a mystery partner that we'll mention here in a few minutes. So how this match is supposed to work, they've got, like, a cyclone fence structure hanging from the ceiling. The match is going to start there. You have to go from that structure into the Cage of Death, there's also a second ring underneath that's got nothing in it but a, a million thumbtacks. That was the actual number they used, one million thumbtacks. Once you get knocked into one of the rings, you have to climb back up onto the onto the cycle fence structure and go back to the starting point to get the quote-unquote point for your team. But if you hit the concrete floor at any point, you're eliminated and cannot get that point for your team. It just took me like a minute a half to explain the fucking rule because I'm still confused.
1: to me it was very similar to like a uh supposed to be similar to war games i think with like the uh intervals and then there was a point system and like the eliminations which made no sense at that point uh it should have just been like whoever gets the one pinfall that's it but they wanted to do some type of point system that ended up not even making any sense uh (laughs)
0: Yeah, and, and, and the interval for another thing I think they said on commentary. The interval are supposed to be one minute. <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, also, well, like normally, yeah, get into type,
1: it. So, so let's. And, just, just... and
0: normally, and normally with this type of uh, interval system as well, like the teams are alternating who's coming in and who's not. There is no rhyme or to the intervals, and no rhyme or to the order entry here. Like, well, let's just get into it. So, Gamig just... and Casimir... <laughs>
1: Zandig, Danic, yeah.
0: Zandig and Cashmere start. Cashmere initially just goes straight into the cage of death. Like I'm not getting on that on that cyclone fed. Fuck you. And Dan like, yeah, the match doesn't start till you get up here. Yeah, get up here like everybody else. Go take like five minutes to actually get the match started. Once it starts, Cashmere just levels Zandig with a spear and, and gets everything going. They fight for about three minutes. Micaiah and Trent both enter at the same time. At like three, at like the three minute mark here. And then B-Boy's next, it's like four on one. And then all of a sudden, natural born killer starts to play, and everybody's like, what the hell? And my, like, well, commentary's like, what the hell? While well, the crowd popping, and they know what's coming. It's New Jack.
1: <laughs>
0: New Jack just starts beating the shit out of everybody. But then turns on Gandig for some reason.
1: yeah he gets he attacks b-boy up on top of the cage gets down like poses a bunch gets down into the cage and then has a stare off with like the members of high five standing next to zandig he looks at zandig and goes are you ready and then fucking attacks him uh staple guns him beats him up uh and the high five kind of join in on beating on him so technically it's it's gonna end up being seven on five uh, in this match, because now New Jack, the surprise equalizer, uh, turned on the team he was supposed to uh, help.
0: So, w- once the turn happened, Lobo finally entered. He just runs on the, uh, down the structure, jumped immediately into, into the cage, to try to, to try to help out. By the time I was done writing the words, Lobo entered, can run into the cage. Ian Knock already coming back out. What the? Fucking up with the goddamn interval. <laughs> like I wrote, get work, and there was already another guy coming out. Like there's no rhyme or reason to the fucking interval.
1: Yeah, no, there wasn't.
0: Yeah, B boy gets knocked into the ring with the thumbtack, Knock is swinging from the top of the structure, and dropping an elbow, drop, elbow on the B boy, which was like a cool fucking spot. Yeah, at this point, Nick Gage enters. Go so it. Five one three four one four. I've lost track. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Adam, Fla- Adam Flash is next. And even though we've established at the beginning of the match, no, you have to start on the structure. He just doesn't go to the structure. He just goes right into the ring with the thumbtack. Go so, like, the one fucking roll we had got shot to hell. <laughs> I look... But- at some point around this point, B-Boy just rolled to the floor and eliminated himself. And then he grabs Gandig, pulls him through the door of the cage to the floor to eliminate him. So now we got elimination on each guy. As this goes on, Wife Beater enters. New Jack for some reason, dives onto Gandig, who's lying on some table, to eliminate himself. the Hadrian and enters at this point. I believe he was the last guy who came out. I think that's everybody.
1: I believe so. Uh,
0: we're back on top of the of the cyclone fence structure. hit the Yakuka kick on the knock. He falls from that on uh, through some table on the floor. So he's eliminated. Lobo grabs the uh, the second Dewey Donovan, hit him with a Death Valley driver onto the floor and eliminated himself that way. So now Geiger eliminated them. go attacking people that are technically in the fucking match. Yeah. Tran dives into the into the attack ring onto Nick Gage. I at this point I wrote down and fucking insane and I'm not sure if it becomes the Geiger Craig or because they can booked all to hell. Probably a combination of the two in all honesty. Nick
1: Gage ends up hitting a chokebreaker on Trent Acid and eliminating him.
0: At this point, Flash actually crawls back on the structure, gets back to the starting point to get to the get the point for his team, and he starts attacking Gandig, who was eliminated like five minutes before that. <laughs> Wife beater, what, yeah, goes up the structure runs, yeah, and yeah, gets back to the starting point to go after Flash. because now we're tied up at one apiece. And then, for whatever reason, even though they've already both gotten to the starting point and gotten the point for their team, Wife beater hit flash with the sky slam off the scaffolding, on the thumbtack anyway. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, so at this point I at this point we're down to hatred and Messiah against gauge. Hatred and Messiah both climb to the top of the cage like they're gonna get the two the the last two points and win it. But wait, hatred turns on Messiah. And then they and then they treat the match like it's already over. Well, now it's two on one, so the one team can't win. Well, why the fuck didn't the bell ring when it was two on one the other way? Then, like, what the fuck? And then because they realize, oh wait, technically we're technically we're wrong on this. We got to go in and and get the guy out to the floor anyway. So they get him out to the floor for the well, final hold on, case.
1: hold on. You got to you got to explain that spot so. Hatred and Messiah are up on this scaffolding piece that that, uh, you step down onto from the hanging cage that uh, goes across the top of the cage that's attached to the ring. Uh, Zandig yells out, Hatred now, Hatred now, and Nate Hatred starts beating up Messiah while Nick Gage is, is laid out down below in the cage. Gage recovers, climbs up the cage, they do a double gorilla press slam on Messiah through a table that's set up in the ring and put Messiah through that table. They then stand there and pose with the crowd as the bell rings, but then they have to go back, climb back down into the cage, grab Messiah and throw him out of the door to get the, the actual victory. So yes, that just was very convoluted, very confusing finish, but the hate club is back together and uh, they, they win the cage of death. but
0: but here's the thing here's the thing with that one how do I know that Hatred's not playing on turning on Gage after this anyway why is the bell ringing when it's still technically one to one (laughs) and they didn't actually go back to the fucking starting point which means they would have had to have hit the floor at some point which means they would have both been eliminated which makes the match a fucking draw at least have one of them get to the fucking starting point and fuck No, Match entertaining for what it was, but if you're looking for something that makes goddamn sense, fuck.
1: <laughs> so if you're looking for something that makes sense, fuck. <laughs> and quarantine's really doing a fucking number on you, dude.
0: <laughs> I I did try to come into this with an open mind, this with an open mind, dude. I mean, you know is not my cup of tea, but I, I try coming to come into it with an open mind. I enjoy the Cage of Death concept. I've seen it a few times. I've enjoyed it in the past. But Jesus Christ, this thing got to me.
1: <laughs> oh, it, it's coming
0: on five. No, it, it's on five. No, it's actually six on kick. Now the match is over because of this. Well, it wasn't over because of this two minutes ago, when we thought, what the fuck?
1: oh man oh that's too funny so overall
0: I'm glad somebody somebody can entertain
1: so overall is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down from you or a thumbs in the middle you got your choice one two or three
0: it's a thumbs in the middle Ben what what's really good and really what's good and really good. There's not a lot of bad on it, but that's that, that, that cage of death like such a bad taste in my mouth that I just can't give it a thumbs up.
1: I give it a thumbs up. It was a good time. Definitely check it out. Especially the second half of the show. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I think it's time to uh, find out what's gonna be on IWTV this week. You ready to hear about all this?
0: absolutely
1: okay so all these times are going to be in eastern so monday may 18th at 8 p.m h2o wrestling hardcore kingdom 3 will be airing followed by uncharted territory season 1 episode 18 and defy now episode 37 starting at 11 tuesday May 19th, starting at 7 p.m., CZW Best of the Best 1 will be airing. And following that at 11 will be Uncharted Territory Season 2 Episode 1 and Defy Now Episode 38. Wednesday, May 20th at 8 p.m., Ground Zero, Champion will be airing, followed by... Uncharted Territory Season 2, Episode 2, and Defy Now, Episode 39, at 11 p.m. Thursday, May 21st, at 7.30 p.m., Women's Superstars United, The Queen and King of the Ring 2013, will be airing. And following that, at 11, Uncharted Territory Season 2, Episode 3, and Defy Now, Episode 40. Friday, May 22nd, IWA Mid South King of the Death Matches 2003 Night One will be airing. Following that, actually, I should tell you that that's going to be at 5:30 p.m. So it's going to be an early one. And holy cow, if that's airing at 5:30 at 11 p.m., Uncharted Territory Season Two Episode Four and Defy Now Episode Forty One are going to be airing.
0: You seem surprised that an IWA Mid South show is being given a five and a half hour block.
1: <laughs> for night one Have you one never, seen, a... I...
0: have you I never have. seen IWA Mid South?
1: I have, but that's for, yeah, for the opening round. Holy cow. Uh, Saturday, May 23rd at 5 p.m., IWA Mid South King of the Death Matches 2003, Night Two will be airing. And following that up at 11 p.m., uncharted territory season two episode five and defy now episode 42 and for sunday may 24th at seven thirty, game changer wrestling presents nick gage invitational 2 followed by at 11 o'clock uncharted territory season 2 episode 6 and defy now episode 43 and that's what's airing this week on iwtv live
0: yeah, and for the record, we tentatively have an IWA mid-college show scheduled for June. And, usually, and like you can keep for, for night one of a tournament, that's like five and a half hours. You can imagine what I'm going to be going through at the end of June.
1: <laughs> we'll pick something that isn't that bad. <laughs> I promise.
0: Is it going to be the... Uh... Well, do they even have that particular show up? Do they have the one, the the show up there with the Hero Punk 90-minute match?
1: I don't know, but I wouldn't choose that one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I will find us something to watch on there. The, the, this is a reasonable length because, remember, I have to watch this too. And as much as I love indie wrestling, I don't really want to watch wrestling when I come home from work. I usually only want to watch it on weekends. Uh, when I can relax and, and stuff in the afternoon, so I, it's hard for me to, to really try to, to watch anything in the evenings um, after work. So because I get out so late, I usually just want to eat and go to bed. So uh, I mean,
0: if well, you, I... if you start watch if you start watching now, you might get that IWA Mid South show done by the time we- by the time we do that in week. <laughs>
1: now you're just telling everybody we're doing what we're doing in, in several weeks from now. That was supposed to be a surprise. No, I'm, I'm going to release the schedule. I'm just joking. I had to confirm with you that it was okay before I did the before I released the schedule. So,
0: so we've got some good stuff planned. We're not going to go over the entire schedule right now on the air, but like, let's go ahead and go over next week real quick. Or do you no. want to go over the entire schedule?
1: No, we're not going to go over the schedule. We're not even going to tell you what next week is yet. Uh, that's going to be a surprise for you. Um, we may release that. Well, actually, it's not going to be surprised because we're going to release the schedule uh, today. It will go up on our uh, Twitter, which is IWTV Guide. Uh, so give us a follow on there if you're new and, and don't follow us on there yet. Uh, we're also on Instagram at IWTV Guide, and uh, yeah, so that schedule will go up on both of those. So you get an idea of what we'll be covering. Now, it won't specifically tell you what show, but it's just going to tell you what promotion. uh, And that'll give you a a general idea of what's coming up uh, for the show. Yeah. And that's also making us accountable, which usually we try not to be, but now now we're going to be accountable for actually having to watch these shows. Uh,
0: And Oh, okay. About next week, is it's gonna—it's gonna be fun I'm trying to pronounce some of these names. And I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, uh, I told you to brush up on your Japanese, so yeah, hopefully you're—you—you've uh, been brushing up on your pronunciation of Japanese names.
0: I, I did. I, I, I did I...
1: it this week for the Freedom's News, and it was uh, interesting to say the least.
0: Oh, well, e- even so, like I'm going to use the American pronunciation of some of these names. Yeah, yeah J- Japan when they do the English spelling have yeah the English alphabetic spelling that have a lot of uh, silent letters that make no sense either. Like if like if you've actually seen Shinsuke Nakamura spelled out like not, like Shinsuke is not what I would pronounce it like if I wouldn't have heard it a million times. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to make that that's going to make that interesting.
1: All right, well, let's, uh, let's talk about our podcast friends. Uh, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, and the Spotlight Series. Our non-podcast friends, Good Company in Cleveland, Ohio, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, and Pollyanna DIY. And is there anything else you want to throw in there? Uh, how about your Twitter handle?
0: You follow me on Twitter at PWCritique. I've actually been on there a little bit more often than having quarantines, and I, I'm regretting it immensely, but I am there <laughs> more often.
1: You can uh, follow also. me at Charlie underscore Butters.
0: And you also find me on Facebook and on Instagram at Jayhawk1539 on both of those, although not nearly as frequently on Instagram.
1: And uh, you can find me on Instagram as well at Charlie underscore Butters as well. So uh, both that and my Twitter, I'm pretty active on both of them. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's 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 all that.
0: And uh, I I, li- I literally got on Instagram this week for the full purpose of getting you back in car video. But I had no other way of getting it to you.
1: <laughs> that was a really fun video,
0: by the way. Yeah, apparently he apparently he lost the game he was playing against the Xavier Woods, and that was the pennant for losing.
1: Yes, he had to reenact the uh, real man's man entrance music that they did for Regal back in the day.
0: Which, not gonna lie, kind of make me want to see him go with that gimmick. Like he did a really good job with that.
1: Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. All right, everybody, uh, that's it for us. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Stay safe.